Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. I'm delighted today to have Sergio Lopez as a guest. He's the global production lead at Publicis. Welcome, Sergio. How are you? Good to see you again. Hey, hey, Robert. How are you doing? Good, thanks. So, so Sergio, just jumping in, can you tell us a little bit about your background and career uh, before Publicis? Before Publicis, I mean, my career starts when I was very, very young. I was one of those kids that just liked making things. Like, I, I love photography, I like music, and, and I was lucky to be part of the digital transformation. So, from a very early age, started developing, developing, um, in like ancient languages like Pascal and Cobol, which would let me to be able to explore a lot of things, a lot of different technologies as creativity was changing. So um, I became an editor because that's when the shift from tape editing to avid editing was happening. I, I was part of design because we're going from hand cut uh, things to to computers, and I and I ended up in production. I love I love production because it's such a bigger vision as opposed to yes the the execution itself and i love partnering with with creatives in the first part of my my career which is when when you and i met when i was when i was very much a, a producer working with create with creatives producing campaigns and then as my career grew on and always being curious i actually got very interested on the onto the client side of things and, and what made what was a client's problem because i always felt like production was very executional and the more i started to talk to clients i realized that they had business problems that we could we could solve. So it's, a, it's been, now that I look back, it's an, it's an interesting background for the fact that I came very much from, from the craftsmanship point of view and, and, and very much into, into creativity and, 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 and the way things look and feel and sound. And, uh, and now I'm getting to a point where I can see how that is applied to solve clients' business problem in a time that they needed the most because... Uh, it's becoming very complicated. There's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of disruption going on once, once again. Permanence is impermanent. So there's always going to be change, right? And we are dead. The only constant is change. Yeah, the only constant is change. I love that. <laughs> so, um, so speaking of your experience in the agency world, what sets publicists apart? I mean, what appealed to me, I came to publicists two years ago. And what appealed to me on, on publicists is this thing, which is the power of one. And I do, and I do believe in that, because that means that everything that we do as as a marketing organization, it's all connected. It's all connected with each other, and we look at holistic solutions for for our clients. One of the things that they always found frustrating was how production was somehow connected to creativity, but very separate to media. And 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 the way I look at production is production is the is the one production is everything. We're the ones that bring everything to life and and deliver for things. So. It's almost like we were creating conversations without really working with the people that were going to put those conversations into into the audience or select where those conversations were going to happen. So the connectivity with between creativity, media, data, and production, and be able to run that as a single PNL and be able to to connect all those things together, is what drove me to publicists, which is also what is driving a lot of clients. As you see, we have a, a fantastic track record in in new business. That's what set us apart from. From the difference, there's also something that uh, that other that other companies don't have. Which, if you look at the at the length of the company, we've only had three CEOs in the company. So, if you're talking about purpose, 
there is a there's a long term vision and purpose that comes when you don't have a lot of change at the top of an organization and when you have continuity and how the evolution of the organization is also very much linked to the evolution of the individual at the at the helm. So uh, those are the two things that I think set publishes apart. Wonderful. So so talking about purpose, this is a purpose podcast. You know, everyone's been talking about brand purpose a lot, particularly in the last couple of years. How do you define brand purpose? <laughs> How do I define brand purpose? A brand is a group, is a group of people. And one of the things that uh, that we know is that purpose is one of the main drivers to get people to get people together, to connect people. It's actually one of the drivers of happiness. It's like when people know what the purpose in life is, having a purpose and having a set of rules that they deal with and feeling part of a, of a bigger group is what drives people to, to happiness. I think that purpose has a lot of different has a lot of different factions, but I think for brands, it's a, it's a unifying factor for their own organization and their partners. So when you look at companies, understanding what a company nowadays stands for within their organization helps scale, helps people go into the right, into the right directions help engage with with partners like ours when we work with 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 clients right like what kind of campaigns do we need to build for them and it also helps them connect with consumers because we're reaching a point where in a lot of categories products are maturing uh, there is very there's very little differentiating factor between between products even even some of the clients are fighting against um, white label with with supermarkets for example in the FMCG world Having a brand purpose, having a set of values that people connect emotionally or intellectually with them is a big differentiator between one brand and another. Also, remember that we're at a point now where there is a dissolution against governments in in people and the political and the political class. People are feeling that the the ones that are going to drive change towards a better world are actually private corporations. So for private corporations to be able to have a purpose that they voice and that people connect, identify with themselves, um, themselves with is a very important thing. What is one client that's been memorable to work with and why? Lately, I would say uh, possibly Mondelez is one of the clients. It was the first client that, that I started working with in when I joined when I joined Publicis, so it's very close to, close to my heart. It's a client that has a fantastic ambition, and I like clients with, with ambition of... of what their purpose in people's lives that they wanted to be on on the ambition on the kind of work that they do the, the their exploration of of new media and communications and also how they actually want to communicate in a relevant way with 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 people at the scale at the scale that they do so it's a client where we've done uh, it was one of the first clients that we we applied AI with it's one of the first clients that we did virtual virtual shooting uh, ESG is um, is one of the clients that is driving most of the ESG. So it's, it's a fantastic it's a fantastic client to work with at scale. And going back to the previous question, it's one of the clients that is going to have a big impact in in society, in society and and, and communications. Wonderful. And and um, is Mondelez the the best example of a, a, a brand that's leading with purpose? Tell us a little bit more about Mondelez. I think that all the brands have done a very good job lately especially the the kind of brands that we work with because they're quite large um you know we we work with big global brands and they've done a very good job at finding their purpose because they they realized a few years ago that that was a key part of the of their strategy i think ever since 2010 2011 uh they quickly everybody quickly realized that on top of a vision you need a purpose um and also at a time of constant change 
there were clear examples like brands like Kodak, right? That because they 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 focus on the short term vision or a mid term vision, and and hadn't spent time building a purpose, they they very quickly became obsolete. Like having a purpose is also a, a long term vision. It's like what 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 space do you do you build in? There are different brands uh, have purpose in different in different areas. L'Oreal has a, has a fantastic purpose uh, looking at how women see themselves and, and 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 building at a time of social at a time of social change, Procter and Gamble in different ways. So again, when you work with with these kind of brands and they've all done a very good job at at finding their own purpose, there's a lot of case studies and a lot of different different approaches to it. And do you, do you think this purpose is is at the corporate level or more at the brand level? I mean, you know, Unilever obviously is a good example of purpose-driven brand, right? Mm-hmm. But each brand has their own thing. You know, Hellman's is waste and, and uh, you know, and so on. I think you have to do it at both. Yeah. I mean, at communications level, communications level is how a brand feels on a corporate level. That doesn't mean, as you say, that every, when you're dealing with, with clients that have multi-brands, that each brand should have a slightly different purpose, either because of their impact that they have on on the environment, so is that reduction of, of environment, or how they have an impact on society because the the what happens when they open a factory in certain markets, right? Like when when an automotive brand builds a factory in a in a town is 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 a game changer, right? Like what it does to the economy and be able to educate future future generations to to gender equality to to even you know be able to provide people to affordable health healthy food. So. Every every brand would have that. I think on a corporate level, it's very important to have a purpose that is attached to the vision. And I think there is the, it's almost the corporate level purpose. It's a broader organizing organizing element when on a brand level, it's a lot more tactical. Got it. What changes in advertising and the advertising world do you anticipate in the next five years? Obviously, maybe talk a little bit about the change in the last five years and then talk about what's going to happen next. Because I think, from your point of view, you're probably right on the cutting edge of what's what's going on in many ways. Because yeah, what I wonder is what's going to be the same in five years. Yeah, right. Is in marketing and communication when when you look at it from 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 every angle, it's from a client point of view the challenges that a lot of clients have right now in their business and how they need to communicate with people is going to drive it's going to drive a slightly different campaigns and messaging creativity. The shift from storytelling in television, storytelling in long form, shorter attention spans in, in audiences, we can see how it's driving to to shorter to shorter content, right? Like going from feature films to episodic, for example. Like it seems like it's very difficult to keep people's attention in entertainment for more than an hour. And even an hour is starting to feel too long and we're going back to 30 minute episodes. If it's like 30 second commercials is too long and everything that is not a six, ten second is is disrupting people's experiences. So, on a client level, their business problem, creativity, how creative communicate with people, and then on production, the, the the biggest thing on production is how do we actually communicate with people in a world where people are used to having things that are not necessarily personalized, but at least relevant to them. And I think that is the is the part where production or creative producers we have a role on connecting. How do we actually build something in a way where we protect or actually elevate the creativity 
but also are enable the ability of brands to connect with different people with different messages or, or different or different benefits at scale. It's not going to be something or the other. The value of the word and is going to be exponentially valuable over the next five years. And in production, you're going to have all kinds of things disrupting that. You have automation, you have AI, you have you know virtual studios, deepfake, text-to-speech. You have a whole new set of, of tools that are going to disrupt in the next five, ten years. I actually think that, that the thing that is going to slow down that implementation is going to be more about people figuring out the legal aspect, the, the, the more human aspect of it, that actually technological implementation technology is moving at a, at, a, at a crazy, at a crazy speed. So again, I think the, fi- the next five years are going to be really disruptive in everything that we, in everything that we do. I think that organizations that don't understand data or insights or, or, or information is going to be, they're going to have a much smaller role in the next five years. No, that's true. And I think it's, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think the, <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of people looking at AI, AI from a legal point of view, and and I think there'll be a lot of regulations coming. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what the WGA strike was. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like we need to be protected from this because we don't want, you know, we've got the fifteenth, you know, season of a big show. Where, you know, they could probably get the scripts done on AI because they just put them in and then they span out. But and there's a pros and cons. I think that one of the things that that is. <clears throat> One of the things that we need to get used to is we seem to be in a, in a society where conversations are very polarized, right? Is AI or not AI? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of shades of gray in between. It's, I, I remember not that long ago when we used to go and record music in sound studios with actual musicians and all of a sudden music production became digitized and there were there was an ex- democratization of music has led to fantastic artists and, and, and people that were not in privileged backgrounds, be able to produce their own their own music in fantastic ways. And it's also been detrimental to other sides. So, but it's not electronica music or not electronica music. It's a balance of both. So I think that AI is going to be a very similar, it's going to be a very no, similar. No, I think it's going to be a mix. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, uh, I think anything that's written, which is longer, <laughs> is AI has less of a value. I think, uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to be challenging being a copywriter, for example. Because it's quite short, <laughs> but at the same time, a creative that understands how to have big ideas, or we call it in publicists, we talk about um, creative platforms and platform creative, right? Like creative platforms is those organizing big ideas that everything underpins that, and platform creativity is where we talk about like more executional um, materialization of that of that creative platform. I think that there is going to be more AI applied to platform creativity, right? Like how we apply those ideas. I think that's where, because those are the things where people are writing 20, 30 scripts, especially when you're talking about categories like retail or automotive, right? Like every week writing a different version of the same script. And I don't think that anybody anybody had a dream to actually end up doing the monthly, the weekly retailers scripts. But I think that actually that's going to add more value on the plat- on the on the creative platforms, on people that have the big idea to actually feed into AI to build, to build companies. I think that's a very good point. I think people who are thinking laterally about naturally, yeah, the world and, and looking at right, maybe it's not a big ad, maybe it's something else. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that is going to be, you know, those are going to be the people that are successful. You know, so, so what have you learned about executing creative vision while working in production? 
some pretty broad question. <laughs> what, that's a, that's a three-day conversation. <laughs> pretty um, much. I mean, as I look at as I look at my my role now and, and what I do and, and the people that I work with, and I, I feel incredibly privileged because I work with people from around the world, people from all disciplines. And the thing that I've learned is production is actually, as I said before, production is everything. It's everything that that a creative agency creates will have to be produced. Everything that a media agency wants to run has to be produced. Um, so production is at the center of everything. And production means that we we have the ability of elevate the creativity, make things. We're at the center of of culture. We are the ones that create culture and thoughts. Whatever we put on, help put on the screen. When we facilitate diversity, diverse casting, all of a sudden people, those casts are normalized in society, and, and and people embrace those those things. So production is it's a very it's a very interesting thing. Well, when I joined the business, production was like at the end of the hallway. It was like, you know, media did the media buy, creators did the idea, and then they went to production to execute it. I think that now production is shifting more towards the center and a more strategic role. The challenge is going to be a lot of the people that are in production, practitioners or great or great craftsmen, and we're going to have to learn how to evolve to be more strategic and be able to talk more about business. How does publicists balance short-term needs with long-term brand building? So if you look at that, if you look at the previous, at the previous question, what I was saying that production is everything is 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 at the middle. One of the things that I like about publicists when you look at short term and, and, and long term, the long term strategy is about helping clients uh, go from a world where there is a, a sizable amount of of paid media and paid engagements, uh, and yet we're going to a cookieless to a cookieless world, a data driven world. Help them shift and build their brand's own ecosystem to establish a relationship with with those consumers and be able to connect with them with some meaningful content, right? So when you look at that as a, as a long-term as a long-term strategy to have that healthy balance between paid and owned, how do you establish that that relationship? How do you have um, through data? The short-term um, goals with brands is very much about enabling that with different with different capabilities. That was the, that was the investment on, on Epsilon a few years ago, which now is a big part of the of the organization that is Sapien, Sapien Publicis, um, the investment on, on commerce through the organizing power of the power of one. That's how they reconnect those short-term goals with the long-term goals. There's been a lot of a lot of investment on things like technology. We're about to, um, if you remember, in at the beginning of the year, we launched Just in Production PX, which is a content supply chain platform in partnership with Adobe. So everything that facilitates that vision, that's that's where those short-term goals and long-term goals combine for publicists. Cool. What would your advice be for young marketing professionals entering the workforce? How, how do you mentor people? Because you must be a, quite a big mentor to a lot of people. Well, I love mentoring. I love mentoring people every year. And also every year I mentor. I, I take it up on myself to mentor three people because in production, as you know, it was very difficult growing up to have guidance because there weren't a lot of people that have made it past head of production, right? So it was, it's, it's able to, so mentorship is very close to, very close to my heart. When, when I talk to men, when I mentor people that are in, in, in production, my, or my advice to the, to, you were saying like the young generations coming into production, my advice would be to be curious and try to explore as many things as possible as opposed to become highly specialized. I think that one of the things in, in in marketing right now that has a lot of value is ability to be able to connect the dots. 
and be able to connect the dots on things that actually add value to, to clients. Conversations such as creativity. Creativity is the entry point for, for a creative agency or for a creative organization, meaning I love creativity and, and is, but I also understand that that's the, that's the, that's the gateway. Like that's, if I, if I wasn't creative, if we weren't creative, if we weren't creative organizations, we wouldn't have a role here. So we need to, to build on that. That's almost like the elementary school of what we do, right? Like then you said, like, what does high school and college look like? is for people to, again, be able to connect the dots by being curious and be able to learn as many things of the marketing process as possible. I think that when you, when we find individuals that are able to connect media, data, and production, the things that come out are fantastic. And actually, it protects the creativity a lot because then we focus on what we're doing as opposed to how we're doing it. Wonderful. So I think that's a good, good summary. That was very educational, Serge. It's been great having you on. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the Purpose and Sponsored Entertainment space at www.sevilleproductions.com.